Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. The second hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you each and every day by James Gaddis Jewelers. 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. They are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters. Looking for that special diamond ring, that special wedding ring, or personally designed wedding set? You need to head over to James Gaddis Jewelers. They are full-service jewelers with two bench jewelers ready to serve you. All their diamonds are independently graded and certified. They know there's a lot of competition, so they make sure there's a price point to suit everyone's budget. Perhaps you're looking for that special watch, custom-made jewelry of all types, gemstones, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pendants. So many choices at James Gaddis Jewelers, plus the Romantics will love the one-of-a-kind estate and vintage jewelry. Layaway and financing is available. You want to sell your gold, silver, and diamonds? James Gaddis will give you a great price on that. Plus, if you need something appraised, James is a certified appraiser. Just head over to James Gaddis Jewelers, 4900 Poplar Avenue, your family's jeweler. That's right. This hour of the program is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Welcome back in. It is hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings on this Wednesday, October 4th. Currently, temperatures right around 67 degrees on our way to a high in the mid to upper 80s today with mostly sunny skies expected. Then cold weather, colder weather comes in tomorrow. Some rain expected tomorrow. And then uh, cooler temperatures uh, through the weekend, including temperatures at night getting down into the 40s. Highs not even reaching the 70 mark, uh, possibly on Saturday and Sunday. We come to you live in the Family Leisure Studios. That's where family and fun come together. Check out their great spa sale and so much more going on at Family Leisure. 2120 Winton Road, just north of I-40. Coming up later on this hour, Jerry Palm joins us as he does each and every Wednesday to talk college football. Coming up in hour number three, we talk Grizzlies with DeMichael Cole as we do each and every Wednesday. And we've got five favorite things. Your five favorite comedians who starred in a television sitcom or drama. No variety shows, not, not Saturday Night Live, things like that. Comedians who actually starred in a sitcom or drama, your five favorite. You can get those in via the Sports 56 listener line at 901-360-8255. You can also use that Sports 56 listener line to chime in on anything else. But if you want to get your list in, you can do that, 901-360-8255. You can also send those lists via YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. Get them in any way you want. And, of course, you can join the show any way you want as well. Again, 901-360-8255 is the Sports 56 listener line. I mentioned ESPN, Myron Metcalf, uh, with college basketball, of course, practice beginning around the country, did a list. He ranked the top 25 college basketball teams of the last 25 years. Number one on his list is the 1998-99 UConn team, led by Richard Hamilton, Won the national championship, only lost two games. They were actually a big underdog against Duke in the championship game, but beat them. It was a Duke team that had won like 30-some straight games going into that. So they are number one as his number one college basketball team of the last 25 years. Number two to 2000-2001 Duke team, also national champion. Shane Battier was the Wooden Award winner on that team. 
Jay Williams, Mike Dunleavy Jr., uh, part of that team as well. 2011-12 Kentucky Wildcats, number three on his list. That's the Calipari National Championship team with Anthony Davis leading the way. Anthony Davis in college was a freak. That one year. Freak of nature. And not that he isn't a freak of nature in the NBA, but man, in college, like he was just silly. Number four is the 98-99 Duke team that lost to that UConn team in the championship game. So according to Myron Metcalf, that championship game that year, 1998-99, featured two of the four best college basketball teams of the last 25 years. That's pretty good. Yeah. Number five, he's got the 06-07 Florida team. Whoo. Them boys were good. Yeah, they were loaded. Obviously, the back-to-back titles. But you had Horford, Corey Brewer, Joakim Noah. That was... Those were good Florida teams. There's the reason they won the back-to-back titles. Number six, he's got 03-04 UConn. Number seven, 04-05 North Carolina. Number eight, Michigan State of 99-2000. Number nine, the Baylor team from a couple of years ago, 2021 team that won the national championship. And his top 10 is rounded out with the 01-02 Maryland Terrapin national championship team. Juan Dixon and company winning that title. Then you got Duke again at number 11, 0102. You got North Carolina at number 12. Number 13, the 2007-2008 Kansas Jayhawks. You may remember, folks, they won a national championship yeah. that year. I won't remind you how they won it, but they they won it. They, they, were, they were a national championship team. Yeah. And they were good. They were very good. They had, yeah, the same way, loaded roster. Had a bunch of NBA guys that was on that team. Mario Chalmers, may have heard of him. I think he hit a big shot in the tournament that year or something like that. I don't remember. For, I think in the championship game he might have done something. Yeah. I can't remember for sure. But he has them at number 13. They went 37-3 and three that, that year. Of course, won the Big 12 with the national championship. Then at number 14, who does he have? The team they beat in the national championship game. The Memphis Tigers, with their 38-2 mark, undefeated in Conference USA. You know Derrick Rose, who's back here in Memphis now. Chris Douglas Roberts, Antonio Anderson, Robert Dozier, that entire group. That should have won the game. So according to Myron Metcalf, the 2007-2008 Memphis Tigers are the 14th best college basketball team of the last 25 years. That's not bad. No. I think that's fair. If they had won the national championship, I wonder where they would be. Would he just flip them up to number 13, or would they be higher? Because if they had won the national championship, then they would, only, they would have had they would have went 39 and 1, won a national championship, obviously undefeated in the conference, all that stuff. I wonder where they would be if they had just held on to win that national championship. That, Top 10, the, maybe? You, I would think so. I would think at 39-1, and one, you could make a good case for that. Uh, they're followed by Villanova, 2017-18. Another good team. Number 16 is Illinois, a t- another team that did not win the national champion, the national runner-up in 0405. Was that the D. Brown year in 0405? Uh, yes, Lutherhead, D. Brown, yeah. Darren Williams yeah. was on that team. They were, they were really good. They were really good. Another Duke team at 17, the 2014-15 national champion. 
Then you've got Kentucky, the 2014-15 Kentucky team that went undefeated all the way to the Final Four before they lost um, in the Final Four. So they didn't even play in the national championship game. 2018-19 Duke is at number 19. The the 1999-2000 Cincinnati team, that was Kenyon Martin, got injured, so yeah. they didn't. They their postseason wasn't what it was expected, but he has them at number twenty. Villanova from fifteen sixteen and as at twenty one, two thousand twelve thirteen Louisville at twenty two, Virginia from two thousand eighteen nineteen at twenty three, Kansas from two thousand nineteen twenty at number twenty four, and then another Kansas two thousand twenty one twenty two the national champions coming in at number twenty five on his list. So look at those are the top. According to Myron Metcalf of ESPN, top 25 college basketball teams of the last 25 years, and he puts the 2007-8 Memphis Tigers number 14 on the list right behind the team that beat them in the national championship game, the Kansas Jayhawks, who come in at number 13 on that list. In the NBA, James Harden, according to reports, will report to the 76ers and I guess begin practicing sometime here in the near future. I think he's supposed to be at camp today. Here's the question. How out of shape do you think James Harden is right now? Body suit and everything, man. <laughs> Give me I want I want the full Houston experience. You can't I mean like you just you know he has not been staying in shape. Like you have to believe he's going to come in just looking very doughboy. Just I need everything. Do you think he plays at all for the 76ers this year? No. No one hit no, – because, again, he, he didn't want to play for Houston. Does he play for anybody this year? Because the thing, if he comes in, he's terribly out of shape. They're certainly not going to be like, how are they going to trade him? So do they just hold on to him and make him sit out? Because then at that point, that, that year of his contract is voided. Am I right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, well, they'll, I think they would be able to fine him. And I don't, I think. Mm. But you know he's out of shape. Like, there's no know, way I, James Harden is reporting sure. in shape. For sure. And the fact that, and the fact that Colorado State is close to Vegas, it's like, it's, it's, it's a plane ride. <laughs> that's, it's, that's a, probably, it's a two hour plane ride. Which is weird that Philadelphia is holding their, is out in Colorado for camp. But you, yeah, that, that might be the only reason he's willing to go. He's like, that's, that's kind of, if it was in Philadelphia, he's like, hell no, I don't, I don't, I don't, right. I don't need to go to Philadelphia. But out there, yeah, what the heck? Some mountains, it's Colorado, certain things yeah. are legal. Yeah, if you <laughs> can, want to. I can I can have some fun. I can do some things. That saga is going to be very interesting. Because it seems as though they're kind of set like, we're not just going to trade you for nothing just to get you out of here. But does if he becomes... Because again, like, that's what in Houston, he just became such a distraction slash pain that they just had to get rid of him. Yeah. But can, the thing, can but he the thing do is- that? And that's and that's the difficult part about this is is that because he's so unwilling to be wanting to to help the franchise in a way, if he do want to get traded, 
because he's been so unwilling, teams are watching this and like I don't like I don't know if they want to touch him. I don't know if they want to trade. I know the Clippers were in talks trying to get him to to LA, but I mean other than that, like what other team is really trying to state their case to go get James Harden right? No, yeah, I don't think I don't think there are much. I think Phil or I think the Clippers are the only one, and and the Clippers know that. They also know again what you talked about, like. In the past, he literally has just completely forced his way out. So we, the, if you're the Clippers, you think we can kind of play the long game here. We don't need him right now. Like if we're if we're going to get him, it doesn't have to happen right now. We can wait. And if we continue to delay this, he might become such a pain that they have to trade him for pennies on the dollar, essentially. So if I if I was the Clippers, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be like, no, we're not like. We're in no rush to get James Harden. First of all, you do see what he shows up looking like. <laughs> You're like, okay, let's see what what the guy looks like here when he shows up. Is he 30 pounds overweight or what? Or is he actually in shape? And let's see how long Philadelphia is willing to go. Let's see what he's willing to do. And again, if you're any team, why would you want James Harden? You know how it works. He comes in. He scores a bunch of points. He ends up being bad in the playoffs at some point. Costs you a game or two. If you get to game seven, it's a disaster. And then he wants out. He wants to go play somewhere else. He's never fully been happy playing anywhere. No. He's always wanted to leave. So why do you think you're going to be any different? I think this is going to be his fourth team in the last five years. He wanted out of Houston. Got out of Houston. Wanted out of Brooklyn. Got out of Brooklyn. Now, wants out of Philadelphia. So why would you think that when he comes to the next place that suddenly he's going to be Mr. Happy and this is going to be the place that he really wants to play the rest of his career? Unless you're willing to pay him a ton of money, which I don't know. Again, with what he does in the postseason, I'm not giving James Harden a max contract. Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, you're talking like up to $60 million a year is what he'd be getting now and if you no. give him a max contract. Right now, he uh, the he's on the last year of his deal. Uh, it's thirty five point six million. Yeah, and, and he's so going to want probably a max deal after the season. Right, which would be like more than likely. More than likely, they're going to let this season play out. Or I think ideally, if Philly doesn't have a trade for him, they're going to let this season play out and let him hit free agency. Yeah, and then at that point, it's like whoever wants him, come get him. And again, he's going to want probably a max deal which I don't think there's anybody in the league that would possibly give him that. Again, you you know what you're getting. There is no secret here. There is a track record with James Harden. Now, did Philadelphia maybe lie to him a little bit and maybe kind of screw him over a little bit? Possibly. They may have said, listen, just opt in and we'll take care of you. Right. But it is what it is. <laughs> you still could have opted out. You, you could have opted out and taken your chances. I just, I, it just, like, he drives me crazy because there's no, he's just never happy anywhere. And they all, you know, they've done whatever. I mean, he's paired up with some of the great players in the game, and yet he's always unhappy. I mean, he's playing with the MVP in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid makes life 
pretty easy on you if you're a guard like James Harden. He attracts a lot of attention on the floor. But that's uh, James Harden doesn't like that one. Now he wants to go to L.A. Let's go play with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard when they're healthy. And then literally after one season, he'll want out of there. And he'll, I don't know, again, at some point, your places become very minimal. That anybody who would spend any money on taking you. But he is supposed to report to Philadelphia camp. We'll see if that is true. And if he does, what kind of shape is he in? And when does he actually start practicing? Or does he come up with some fake injury? Uh, I can't practice. Kind of pulled the Jonathan Taylor. But now Jonathan Taylor's like realizing, like, okay, like okay, I, I got to practice. <laughs> right. I, I had a sore I, hamstring at, right at now. At some point, I got to play. Um, so I guess I'll go start practicing because you guys didn't trade me. And clearly, there's nothing more I can do at this point. I had to play one way or another. I don't know if what they can do. I don't. I'm not even sure what the rules are as far as what they can find or what they can do with James Harden and how that applies with this contract. If if he ends up, if they just basically put it on him and say, listen. You're, we're not trading you. You're either playing for us or you're sitting out. And if you sit out, we're going to, I guess, fine you. I don't know if you can void the contract. I don't know what you can do. But it certainly is not a good situation. That is for sure as far as the whole Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden. Of course, the Grizzlies held their first practice yesterday. Every All teams around the league holding their those practices we got a lot of trash talk going on between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Lakers are unhappy that the Nuggets, you know, taking some shots at them. Austin Reeves is firing back. I guess I guess the Grizzlies are not the only team that talks. So, and they the the, the Lakers and Nuggets open the season against each other. Season opener, and they are there's some, some bad blood there. That makes well. That makes for good television. I, I oh don't, yeah, I don't hate that. It's like wrestling. It's like professional wrestling. <laughs> I would say this though. I like this Lakers team. I really like this Lakers team. I think they did a really good job of putting the pieces around LeBron and Davis. Now, if that requires, it's still re- all going to require LeBron and Davis staying healthy. But I think they had a really good off season. I'm scared. Like this, this Lakers team. I think with those two guys healthy is good enough to win a championship. Last year's was not good enough to win a championship. I think this one is good enough to win a championship. I don't know that they will. And certainly I, I wouldn't be betting on those two guys to stay healthy. But if they are, this one's good enough to win a championship. You know, it was so funny because over the offseason, you know, I was, you know, I, I was joking with some friends and I was like, I was like, how in the world the Lakers get all this money this offseason? And they and they have, are up against the cap. Well, they did it's just like Phoenix. Like you when you got when you're the Lakers, especially because it's the Lakers, and you got LeBron and Davis, like guys are willing to just take minimum contracts to go there. Or they've done a good job of just making the right trades and moves and figuring out ways to finagle things to get guys in there that they can then pay. But yeah, I, I think this like I think the I would put the Lakers I think in the East, the Bucks and the Celtics are the only two teams that I believe are good enough to win a title. Would you put anybody else out of the East in that conversation good enough to win an NBA title? 
Bucks, Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, I know those only two. In the West, Denver certainly is good enough. Yeah. Phoenix is good enough. Possibly. Even though I don't think it, I don't think Phoenix will, and I don't think it's going to work out. They're certainly with those three guys. You have to say they're good enough. Like right. if it, it could work out, and then if it does, like they're going to be really good. Of course. So you would have to put them in. I think the Lakers are good enough. Yeah. I don't know if there's anybody else I would say is good enough to win the title. I don't think the Grizzlies are good enough to win an NBA title. I think they're good enough to compete and maybe even get to like an NBA Finals. I don't think they're good enough to win. Like I think if they placed Boston or Milwaukee in a Finals, no chance. Yeah, I think I think a lot has to happen for yeah. the Grizzlies to win the NBA Finals. I don't. I still. Don't, I don't think Golden State's good enough anymore. No. I just don't believe in Golden State anymore. Oh, I pr- I pr- I pray that Steve Kerr plays Clay Thompson at the power. Oh board. yeah, like Please. that. that if, could you imagine him trying to guard Jaron Jackson? Jr.? Yo, if they he's do that against murdered. the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. better score forty. Clay Thompson cannot guard Jaron Jackson Jr. I pray he plays him at power forward. Please do that. Please. Like, I, don't, I don't believe Golden State's good enough. Um, Dallas, I certainly don't. I don't believe they're good enough. Sacramento was is again like I kind of put Sacramento in that Grizzlies grouping like they're really good they got a chance to be really good yeah I don't think they're good enough to go win an NBA title yet um, New Orleans I don't, is th- kinda... I don't the Clippers I don't trust because yeah. I don't I don't think those guys are going to be healthy enough New Orleans certainly isn't ready to make that type of leap even if Zion may, was fully healthy throughout the year they're not ready to be any kind of title contender. They're st- to me, they're still behind the Grizzlies at Sacramento. And the and, and the NBA media's favorite, the favorite darling, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, again, like, like, they, they ain't nowhere near it. Yeah, chance to be good and be a playoff team, but nowhere near title contender. So I, I I really think there's five teams right now that I would say, and and I don't because I don't believe Miami. I think Miami just got lucky, like kind of got hot in the postseason last year. I don't think this Miami team is that good. There was a reason they were the eight seed last year. Like they just got they got hot in the postseason and things went well for them. Couldn't miss. I don't believe they are going to win an NBA title. I, I think there's five teams right now that I would say could win an NBA title this year: the Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers, Suns. Is there anybody I'm missing? I don't. Th- I think. I think, no, I think that's, that's it. it. I think that's it. I think. I think your NBA title comes out of those five. I think it would be really surprising. For any other team to win an NBA title yeah. this year, barring barring some unforeseen circumstance or or some good play from one of the tier uh, teams a tier below them making their way up, yeah, it's. A, I think I think we're gonna either see those five teams yeah. in some combination in the finals. Yeah, in, in unless general. like there's crazy injuries that happen and all those yeah. teams are without guys, all of that stuff. That that would be the one thing that could change that. Coming up next, we talk some college football. Jerry Palm from CBS Sports joins us. We'll talk college football with him coming up in hour number three. DeMichael Cole on the Grizzlies and the NBA as well as five favorite things. Your five favorite comedians who starred in a television sitcom or drama. You can get those lists in at 901-360-8255 or you can send them in on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, any way you want to get them in. 
you can do that. Fleet Feet is the place to go to get all your running gear. You want to get uh, shoes that are just right for you? We'll go see the folks at Fleet Feet. Either one of their two locations, they'll take good care of you. They take a look at the way you run or the way you walk, and they fit you with shoes that are just right for you based on where you put the pressure on the different parts of your feet. And if you've got questions about maybe getting started running, training for races, other stuff, well, the folks there at Fleet Feet, they're all runners, so they can help you with that as well. All the gear you need, you'll find it in East Memphis at the Laurelwood Shopping Center, out in Collierville, Poplar, and Houston Levy, next door to Huey's. Go by and see them at Fleet Feet. You can also find them online, fleetfeetmemphis.com, on social media as well, where they keep you up to date with things they've got going on that you can get involved with at Fleet Feet. Jerry Palm is next, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. 68 degrees here in Memphis. On our way up to the mid-80s today under sunshine for most of the day. We're live here in the Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. That's Family Leisure, 2120 Winton Road, just north of I-40. Each and every Wednesday at this time, we talk with our buddy, Jerry Paul. It's time for Sports 56 Morning's Weekly Chat with Jerry Palm, college football and basketball writer and bracketologist for CBSSports.com. Here are Greg, Eli, and Jerry. Jerry joins us each and every Wednesday. You can follow him on Twitter at JPPalmCBS. Good morning, Jerry. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm all right. How are you? Doing fantastic. Did you do a uh, five favorite things list for today? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay, I didn't know if I didn't know if Greg had told you or not what the category was. Yeah, so, okay. I reached out to him. Yeah, All right, so what? Good. Your five favorite comedians who starred in a television sitcom or drama? What do you got? Ooh, actually, I have this. I was actually giving you the sitcom or drama, but I, I'll give you the comedian okay. too. Uh, the number five is Only Murders in the Building, which is Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short. Okay. Uh, number four, the Bob Newhart Show. Either one, although I prefer the first one. Um, number three, Mork and Mindy with uh, Robin Williams. Uh, number two, Faulty Towers with John Cleese. And number one, of course, Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld's hard to beat. It's hard to beat Seinfeld. Although, uh, I won't give away my list, but Seinfeld is not number one on my list. Very high on my list, but not number one on my list. Speaking of number one. I also had Stanford and Son kind yes. of in, in the wings. Yes, there. yes. Speaking of number one. Do you have any concerns about Georgia at this point? Um, well, I'll be concerned when they play somebody good and don't win. <laughs> It'll be, <laughs> you know, they haven't really, I mean, they haven't really looked like Georgia, but, you know, they also haven't had to really ramp things up yet. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, the, the team that's probably looked the best, most consistently good is actually Michigan. They haven't played anybody either. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's funny. Uh, uh, one of my colleagues wrote a uh, Tom Fornelli wrote a, a piece and pointed out that Michigan has not had a, any of its opponents 
inside the 10-yard line. They haven't had a first and goal against them all wow. year. Um, in fact, they've only run like, uh, I don't know, some very small percentage of their plays that their opponents in Michigan territory. It's, uh, it's really a very dominant defensive performance. And they're winning all of their games, you know, 24 points or more. Um, you know, it's just, it's Michigan, so it's not the most exciting thing in the world. And, and they really have played nobody. Um, but, you know, it'll, it'll obviously be, be more challenging for Michigan in the coming weeks. And we'll find out. But, you know, Georgia is almost feels like they're going through the motions a little bit. Um, and, but they'll, they'll have to ramp it up this weekend. You know, they're playing another undefeated team in Kentucky who looks really good right now. So, you know, Georgia better show up ready for that one. Well, the thing with Michigan, too, I mean, when you look at the upcoming schedule, it's Minnesota, Indiana, yeah. Michigan State, then your Purdue yeah. Boilermakers. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Like, it's until those last three yeah, games. It's Ohio State and Michigan State. Because the Big Ten's like that this year. You've got three elite level teams. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. And then you got like Maryland is yeah. pretty good and maybe Wisconsin. And then everyone else is just this pile. <laughs> that that any that when they play each other, the teams in that pile, pretty much anything could happen. Um, but there's a major gap between that pile and the rest of the Big Ten. It's it's a pretty down year for the Big Ten in general, just in terms of not the elite teams because any of those teams could win a national championship, but it's but once you you don't have to go very far down the list before you hit mediocrity. Yeah, their last three games are the Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. So yeah, we will be into November and still be like, well, what has Michigan really done? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. just going to be like they they yeah. haven't beaten anybody. It's just hard. Yeah. It's just weird yeah. the way their schedules worked out. That those uh, are the last it's, three it's games. That's the league. Whereas you know the Pac-12 teams are killing each other because. You know, they've got six teams in the rankings and two others that have been in the rankings and could still get back to the rankings out of 12. So, you know, it's, it's a very, they're very different league. It's, and the, it's probably good that the Big Ten is getting four of those teams next year because they could use a little juice. Yeah, there, there's a, if you were, and you said, you know, Michigan's blown everybody out. They've done exactly what they should do against their opponents. Yep. They don't have the, the, the type of wins that a Texas or Florida State or somebody right. might have. But right. if you were ranking just just on what has been done so far this year, where would you rank Georgia? Mm, well, I guess, I guess my number one would probably be Michigan if I were going to go I mean, if you're considering performance and schedule, um, Georgia and Oklahoma have done pretty well uh, doing what they're supposed to do. Haven't gotten a scare from anybody. Texas, um, Ohio State has that big win over Notre Dame. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to Georgia yet, have I? <laughs> That's the thing. Like it's like you, if you're just doing it, and, and, and the SEC didn't has has not had a great year. Yeah. It's funny because somebody asked me the other day. It's like, well, you know. Who do you think is a better chance of putting two teams in the college football playoff, the Pac-12 or the SEC? And I thought about that. Well, the Pac-12 is going to beat each other up so much, you might not get one in. But I'm not sure the SEC can get two in either because who's the second team? Let's just, let's just assume Georgia wins out. Who's the second team? No, because we know no matter who, who they beat in an SEC championship game, if they win the SEC championship game, that team's going to have two losses. Yep. And there's nobody else so, in the East who you go, well, that team with one loss, only losses to Georgia, because I mean, that would be Kentucky. Kentucky or Missouri. And yeah, those two teams aren't getting into a playoff. Probably not. 
So I, and I don't, yeah, I don't think a two-loss well, SEC could, team the is SEC getting wasn't in. That great outside the league this year. Exactly. Either. That's why I don't, I don't think there's any way a two-loss team could get in because you're not. It, they're like you're not going to go. Oh, wow, no, this, certainly this, not. No, this the, league the is best dominant. case scenario is Alabama still on one loss, right? So Alabama wins all the way out, beats Georgia, and they're both sitting there with one loss. That's probably the best case. Yes, scenario. Their and best that might chance. not get either of them in. If Oak, it, we first of all, Texas, Oklahoma. Who do you like this week? Texas. Um, because they've already done it. That the win at Alabama is something that Oklahoma, as good as they've been, hasn't got. And uh, so I, I like Texas. Um, but I think I, it's funny if I were going to bet, I think I like the over without knowing exactly what the number is. I just I think it's going to be a game for the offenses. It needs to be something of a shootout. If those two teams, whoever wins this one. They both win out, and then they play again in the Big 12 championship game, and the other one wins. What chance do you think there is of both of them still, both of them getting in? Well, I like those chances better than Georgia and Alabama, just because the Big 12 is, I think, a little bit stronger, and Texas already beat Alabama. Um, but I think you're talking about one loss. Um, it's possible that only the champion would get in. Um, I, I think you're talking about two loss, two one loss teams from the same league getting in. I don't like your chances of two one loss teams from the same league getting in. The and it would be interesting if they say, say Texas won this one, Oklahoma won the championship game, and that's and then yes, like say Alabama won the SEC. So you have Texas yeah. as a non conference, not winning their conference. Yeah, there's no way Alabama finishes ahead of Texas. And but yeah, having won at Alabama, if Alabama was the SEC champions. And, I don't think they and will you're be. talking about, in, in the case of Texas and Oklahoma, you're talking about splitting neutral site games. Yeah. Because they never play the regular season game at home. Whereas, like Alabama, Georgia, if they played each other in the regular season, one of them's got a home game. You know, that, you know, that they don't this year, right? I don't think they do. Um, in fact, I'm sure they don't. But, you know, in that scenario, in any other conference, you know, that scenario, one team got a home game and the other one's probably neutral. But in the case of Texas and Oklahoma, they'd both be neutral. The committee would not necessarily have an easy decision between Oklahoma and Texas. Texas with the better schedule yeah. and the big non-conference win in Oklahoma as the conference champion. And just if, if in that case, if Oklahoma is the champion, it's a lot easier if Texas is the champion. And the crazy thing is, if, if it hadn't been where they were joining the conference, we would have already seen Oklahoma and Georgia play this year. So you'd have had Texas, Alabama, and Oklahoma, Georgia already in the books this year that could have decided a lot between those two. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be fun when those leagues get big and, the, and you've got so, many, so much quality at the top and they can't all be good. The, they can't all be good. The the comeback by Colorado against USC, do you put that more as USC kind of let up when they got the big lead, or is it even more reason for concern on USC's defense? Well, I mean, you look at that. I mean, USC's defense has given up points all the time. Yeah. So why should this week be any different? So, yeah, I guess it came, you know, late in the game, but, you know, it's not like USC doesn't give up a bunch of points normally. So, I don't know, you just attribute it to, well, I, I mean, I, I doubt USC quit playing defense because, I mean, how often does USC really play defense? Yeah, well, it's Lincoln Riley. Like, you, you can even go back to Oklahoma. It's like Lincoln Riley teams, defense doesn't seem to ever be really good. Yeah, well, it's not important to, to, to Lincoln Riley, I guess. 
Should we be talking about Miami more? Um, well, you know, I guess you know, they beat A&M. Uh, I guess I want to see them beat, you know, one of the better teams in their league, Clemson, Florida State. Do they even play Clemson and Florida State? Yes, guess. yes they play both. Okay. They play Clemson yeah, at home. Carolina. And they play Florida State on the road. They've got North Carolina in two weeks. Not this week, so but next week. So they weekend. play all three of them. So we'll find out about Miami. Yeah, they got Georgia Tech this week and then I'm North Carolina on, Clemson. Yeah, I'm not getting on the Miami bandwagon yet. But I'm not ignoring them either. It's it's interesting because they, like, they don't even get brought up at all. But they do. I mean, that Texas A&M win is looking more and more impressive. I mean, Texas A&M is looking. I mean, their defense has been dominant the last couple of weeks. And Miami put up, what, 48 against them? Uh, yeah, it was like 40 something to 32, 40 something to like 30, 48 to 33. Yeah. That's, that's, does that sound right? Yes. That, yeah. I think it was something like that. And that's a Texas A&M defense that since then has been like going crazy. Like they've had 15 tackles for loss each of the last two Ooh. games. Well, let's see what they do with uh, Alabama. That'll be interesting. Yeah. I, they, get Alabama, they have Alabama at uh, Texas A&M this week. Yeah. I mean, I, who do you like and, in that one? Do you like Alabama? Yeah, because I don't trust A&M yet. I'm not sure I really trust this Alabama team, but I, I don't trust A&M yet, and in part because the one good team they played was Miami. And, and they got beat, and they got beat pretty decently and gave up a bunch of points. So, um, yeah, and they're playing now on their backup quarterback. So, yeah, I like I like Alabama. That doesn't mean A&M won't step up or couldn't step up and win, but, um, but I, yeah, I don't trust A&M. Do you expect Georgia to take care of Kentucky, or did this could yes. another scare? No, well, I mean, it might be a scare, but I expect them to win. Um, you know, it's Kentucky's not a bad team, but usually they get to this level and it doesn't work for them. You know, Kentucky has got a level mm-hmm. that they can play at and do well, and this is not that level. So until that changes, I got to go with Georgia. And what about, are you a believer at all in Louisville? What about Notre Dame-Louisville? Yeah, Louisville's done well. Um, I, I mean, I like Notre Dame. I just think their, I think their defense is, is really good. It's going to give Louisville problems that they haven't seen this year. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I'm certainly not going to rule Louisville out. I mean, their offense has been pretty good, and they're going to have to be really good if they're going to beat Notre Dame. But I, I like Notre Dame in that game. Notre Dame should never. I mean, well, they they should have won the game, but then they should have lost the game against Duke. Like they were up thirteen nothing cruising, but then I mean, to convert fourth and sixteen the way they did on that final drive, like that. I, oh, Duke and then, is, you know they, they scored. They're, they're like fourth and sixteen and two at the at midfield, and two plays later they're in the end zone. Yes, yeah. Well, that's a that was a devastating loss for Duke because you know if they get Notre Dame off the field, they take a knee, and Riley Leonard's fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, he ends up getting hurt after that because they had to try and score, and and you know that I mean it's just uh, just a poor coincidence. Obviously, it's not you know you can't, it's not you can like you can blame the defense for Riley Leonard getting hurt because who knew that would happen? But you know now he's hurt, and I mean it doesn't sound like it's season ending, which is good. But you know this Duke has had this storybook season going, and they're going to need him if they're going to complete that in a way that is going to feel good. Yeah, that's the crazy part about it. Like, if they can just stop them on 4th and 16, like if they don't let Sam Hartman run for 17 yards on a 4th and 16, they've got an undefeated season still going with a big win over Notre Dame, and they've still got Riley Leonard healthy. Instead, yep. he converts that, and it leads to all of these things. Well, and that's, he converts that, but then they also give up the 30-yard touchdown yeah. on the next play. 
You know, it's like you didn't even make it worth to go the last 30. It was like two plays and they're in. You give up the fourth and 16, they still have 30 yards to go. You know, it only took one play to do that, too. So that's, you know, it, it was not just the fourth and 16. It's the, the the rollover and die after that. Yeah, it's almost uh, like they were like in shock. Like, what, what did yeah, we probably, just do? Yeah, they, they probably were. <laughs> what, what just happened? We were this game was supposed to be over. We were supposed to stop them right there. Game was over. What the hell just happened? Why are the why do they still have the ball? What's happening in this yep. one? That's it yep. was absolutely crazy. Um, the way that ended up unfolding. He is Jerry Palm. He joins us each and every Wednesday. You can read his work at cbssports.com. You can follow him follow him on Twitter at JP Palm CBS. Jerry, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jerry Palm, joining us again with college football action tonight. Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State, Florida International, and New Mexico State. There is football on every day from today all the way through November 21st. You have football of some sort, either college or NFL, to watch on television. When you're watching those games, the place to do it, East Coast Wings and Grill. Great TVs to watch all of the action, plus great food, drinks, everything else to enjoy while watching those games. 60 flavors of wings to choose from. You can get them in different heat indexes as well. Seven different heat indexes that are available. They've got dry rubs. They've got wet wings. They've got all kinds of different stuff on that menu. You can check that out. Of course, if you don't, not in the mood for wings, they've got plenty of other things to choose from. From their great burgers, flatbreads, salads, sandwiches, all kinds of things that you're going to enjoy on the menu at East Coast Wings and Grill. Plus 24 draft beers on top plus any other drinks that you need. 3.30 to 6.30, Monday through Friday, that's happy hour. Two-for-one drink specials, other specials as well. That is a great deal. Great, great deal over there at happy hour. Again, with the baseball going on during the day today, great opportunity to go on over there during happy hour, watch some baseball while enjoying some great specials on drinks and food at East Coast Wings and Grill. They're located just off Highway 64. Kate Hyde Boulevard runs right between Lowe's and Walmart there of Highway 64. That's where you're going to find East Coast Wings and Grill. Great place to watch the game while enjoying great foods and great drinks, great atmosphere, and great people. East Coast Wings and Grill. Back to wrap up our number two right after this, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, 8.52 here in the Family Leisure Studios. Coming up in hour number three, DeMichael Cole on the Grizzlies. And then five favorite things, your five favorite comedians who starred in a sitcom or Drama on television, no variety shows, actual sitcoms or dramas those comedians starred in. You can get those in on the Sports 56 listener line at 901-360-8255. You can also send them in via, if you're watching us, you can send those in via Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. 
can also go to sports56whbq.com and send those lists in. Going to be another nice day with a lot of sunshine. Temperatures in the mid to upper 80s before tomorrow when the cold front comes through. Some rain expected tomorrow. And then cooler temperatures are in the future for us, the very near future for us coming up this weekend. Again, in case you missed it last night, Major League Baseball playoffs, the Rangers beat the Rays 4 to nothing in front of the lowest attendance for a Major League Baseball playoff game in over 100 years since the 1919 World Series, and that is not counting the COVID games, obviously. Uh, the Rangers beat the Rays 4 to nothing. They will play game two today. Nathan Avaldi takes on Zach Eflin in that one. That will be the first game of the day once again today as they will play just after 2 o'clock. Twins beat the Blue Jays 3-1. to one. Twins end their 18-game postseason losing streak, get their first postseason win since 2004. Game two today, 3-30. Jose Barrios versus Sonny Gray in that one. Diamondbacks. Fell down three to nothing against Corbin Burns and the Brewers, but then roared back and ended up winning six to three to take a 1-0 series lead there. They play game two tonight, six o'clock. Zach Gallen will try and close it out for the Diamondbacks and pull off the upset as he will be opposed by Freddie Peralta for the Brewers. And then it was the Phillies knocking off the Marlins four to one the final in that one last night. They will play game two tonight at 7 o'clock. Braxton Garrett goes for the Marlins. Aaron Nola for the Phillies in that one. The Phillies look to be in very good shape with the one nothing lead and Aaron Nola going to the mound for them tonight. So a day full of Major League Baseball action once again. And again, college football tonight as well um, between Jacksonville State and Middle Tennessee State, Florida International and New Mexico State uh, doing battle tonight as well as far as that is concerned. Also, Jonathan Taylor expected to return to practice today for the Indianapolis Colts. They'll have that, I think it's 21 days to decide whether to officially activate him or not, although Shane Steichen said it could happen for this weekend, that he could play this weekend. James Harden is expected to, re to, to report to 76ers camp. Don't know when that means he'll actually start practicing, but he is expected to report to camp for the 76ers. And we're going to have a woman playing on the PGA Tour again. Lexi Thompson will become the seventh woman ever to tee it up against the men on the PGA Tour as she has accepted a sponsor's invitation to play in the Shriners Children's Open, which will be next weekend, not this week. Starts a week from tomorrow in Las Vegas. It's expected to be officially announced today. But Lexi Thompson, who is only 28 years old, which seems like, I thought she was older than that. She's been around forever. And then I realized that at age 12, she qualified for the U.S. Women's Open. So that's probably why I feel like she's been around forever. And she's only 28 years old. But, I mean, Lexi Thompson isn't even a, she's not a dominant golfer on the women's, on the LPGA. Like, I don't understand the purpose of, I mean, I guess I they're trying to do it to draw some eyeballs and fans, but like, I don't know. Like, I, is there really that many people like, oh my gosh, I got to see Lexi Thompson yeah, no. play? Like when Michelle Wee did it, it was like, wow, this is crazy because she was so young and this all the hype and everything that was around her. Annika Sorenstam did it. She was like the by far the best women's golfer in the world, was a dominant women's golfer. You just kind of wanted to see it. 
I, Lexi Thompson, like I like Lexi Thompson, but do I need to see her play on the PGA Tour? No, not at all. Like, does not interest me <laughs> one bit. I just as well give that spot to another guy and be fine with that. But she will play we next a, week. Oh, I was going to say we we have a trade in the NFL. Do you? Do yeah. we? Who is it? The Patriots have traded for J.C. Jackson and with the Chargers. And in addition to that, they're swapping late-round picks. Well, that ought to solve the Patriots' problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, that'll make Mac Jones better. Yeah. Another, another <laughs> quarterback, you know. You know, maybe maybe on the opposite side uh, of the field, you know. I'm, I'm going to uh, – I hate to tell the Patriots this, but that was not the, that's not their issue right now. No. Nah. Cornerback is not their issue. They got some issues. It is not corner. But, hey, good for Bill Belichick and company. Yeah. Reunion with J.C. Jackson again. He got his money with the Chargers, and now he's back with the Patriots again. And enjoy J.C. Jackson once again there in New England. Coming up, we're going to be talking some Grizzlies. DeMichael Cole joins us each and every Wednesday. Grizzlies opened up camp at Media Day a couple of days ago, their first practice yesterday. We'll talk with DeMichael about that. Then we got five favorite things coming up in hour number three as well. Here on Sports 56 Mornings, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.